Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 76 of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, and before we get started today, I want to let you know that I am offering my Non-Anxious Leader Family Systems Basics course from July 1st to July 28th. So it's a four-week course. You can do everything online and, and at a time that is convenient for you. I will have three live sessions during that four-week period, but even those will be recorded so you can watch them if you can't make it live. And in this course, I really break down family systems theory as you might find it in Generation to Generation by Edwin Friedman. I know that for many people, this book is really dense and hard to understand. And so what I try to do is make the concepts more accessible, more applicable to your own family of origin and your own organizational leadership. That's July 1st to the 28th. It's the Non-Anxious Leader Family Systems Basics. The cost is $198, and you can find a link for more information and to register at the nonanxiousleader.com. Go to the upper right-hand corner and click the link for retreats and online courses. And now, without further ado, here is Episode 76, Leadership Through Self-Differentiation in a Polarized Society. The United States is more polarized than any time I can remember in my lifetime. Prior to this, I would have said that it was the late 60s when the civil rights movement and the Vietnam War divided our country. And most recently, racial justice has moved to the forefront, but I think that's a sad commentary on how little progress has been made in the last 50 plus years. Even so, the list of issues that divide us is long. Immigration, women's rights, abortion, LGBTQ rights, climate change, tax policy, the Affordable Care Act, and even wearing a mask can now easily spark a debate, if not a downright social media feud or a physical altercation in the streets. Polarization results in sky-high anxiety levels, making it even harder to lead. So what is a non-anxious leader to do? Today, I'm going to break down an article by David Brubaker, Leading in an Age of Political Polarization. He cites four things a leader needs, clarity, courage, compassion, and connection. And when I was reading this article, I kept saying to myself, this is leadership through self-differentiation. So I'm going to go through those four things at Brubaker cites and give you my take. The first is clarity. Brubaker writes, quote, leaders who succeed in an age of polarization demonstrate clarity at two levels, within themselves and with others. Internal clarity requires that leaders know and act on their core values and principles, end quote. 
The definition of self-differentiation is the ability to define one's own goals and values in the midst of surrounding togetherness pressure. Likewise, leadership through self-differentiation is the ability to communicate these goals and values that you have defined, to say, this is where I think God is leading us to go, to say, this is what I believe, while staying connected with the most resistant in the system. Clarity is about self-definition. It's about knowing what you believe and where God is leading you to go. It doesn't mean that you are right, so humility is important. But it also means that you are able to remain firm in your beliefs when anxious people try to knock you off balance. An important reminder about this is that when somebody comes to you and says they disagree with you and they express themselves in a healthy way, then this is a conversation you want to have. This is when you want to engage in dialogue. However, if somebody's blaming you, defining you, triangling you, or otherwise unleashing anxiety in unhealthy ways, arguing content with them will only suck you in deeper. It will put you in a conflict of wills where you are defending your position and trying to convince them that you are right and they are wrong. That rarely works and usually results in the other person hardening their position. Clarity is about knowing what you believe and being able to communicate it to others in healthy ways. It's about sharing your vision. I may sound like a broken record, but effective leaders say what they believe while giving others the freedom to disagree. People don't want to be told what to do, but they do want to know what the leader thinks. They may not agree, but they want to know. There are two ways you can increase anxiety in the system as a leader. One is to tell others they need to get on board with your vision regardless of what they believe. The other is to not share your vision at all. The former creates anxiety because people don't want to be told what to do. The latter creates anxiety because people don't want to figure it out for themselves. A leaderless system results in people acting in unhealthy ways. Sharing what you believe while giving them the freedom to disagree gives them something to think about and to work with even if they don't agree. That's why clarity matters. The second character trait that Brubaker cites is compassion. He writes, quote, Clarity compels us to speak with conviction. Compassion invites us to listen with concentration. End quote. Compassion is about creating emotional space. Even when you don't want to get involved in a debate with an anxious person, you can still listen. This will help reduce the tension in the situation and keep you connected to them. Here's a rule of thumb when someone is acting out. Don't argue. Don't agree. I mentioned why you don't want to argue or debate with someone in the last segment. You don't want to agree because if you don't agree with them and you give in, then you aren't taking a healthy stand when it matters. Listening solves this problem. When you listen, you are neither arguing nor agreeing but you are staying connected emotionally. You're showing compassion because you are genuinely interested in what they have to say and how they feel. It doesn't mean you will agree with them. You probably won't, but it shows that you respect and care for them. I find it helpful to remind myself that when anxious people make trouble, it's because they are struggling to manage their own discomfort. It's more about them than about me. This helps me to have compassion for them and makes it easier to listen. 
By listening, you're not trying to tell the other person what they should do, and you're not agreeing with them. You are staying connected with them. There's always the chance that you might change your mind. And when you listen, there is nothing wrong with that. The third characteristic of a non-anxious leader in a polarized society is courage. Brubaker writes, quote, courageous leadership requires entering the storm of conflict while holding tight to one's convictions and compassion, end quote. So this says that you have the first two, you have your convictions, you have clarity about them, you have compassion for other people, you understand that if they're anxious, if they're uncomfortable, if they're unleashing that on you, it's about them and not you. Courage comes when you recognize two things. First, it's understanding that whenever you're trying to lead change, there's going to be sabotage from the most anxious people in the system. I've mentioned before that this is usually unwitting. It's the inability of some people to deal with their own discomfort, and instead of taking responsibility for it, they direct their anxiety somewhere else, often at the leader. Having courage is also recognizing that you can only be responsible for yourself. You can't fix other people's anxiety. You can't change their mind. The only thing you can do is to share what you believe and invite others to follow. When you remember these two things, it gives you courage because it enables you to take responsibility for yourself and for no one else. Edwin Friedman's book, A Failure of Nerve, is about this very thing. In a nutshell, he says that when faced with sabotage, most leaders have a failure of nerve. Instead of remaining a non-anxious presence and sticking to what they believe, they give in to the pressure to conform. They go back to the way things were before. Instead of taking a non-anxious, principled stand, they give in to the resistors. I should say that courage is not blindly sticking to what you believe. It's recognizing the difference between sabotage and healthy conversation. It's listening and staying connected, but only changing course if voices that you've heard from other healthy leaders change your mind. Courage is staying the course when others are anxiously trying to knock you off balance. It's realizing that sabotage is part of the process and anxious others will eventually come to terms with their own discomfort if you can remain a non-anxious presence. It's not easy to do, but it's the only way I've found that works. Finally, the fourth thing that Brubaker says is needed for leadership in an age of polarization, and I would say is needed to be a non-anxious leader, is connection. He writes, quote, such leaders begin with an internal connection to their own values, beliefs, and emotions. They are then able to connect with those they are leading and with the communities in which they live and work. Finally, they strive to stay connected even with their enemies. Staying connected with our enemies requires an acknowledgement that they too possess basic dignity. Connection may have the greatest impact at the community level. End quote. As I mentioned, leadership through self-differentiation is about the ability to stay firm in your convictions, to have courage, but also to remain connected to the ones who are most resistant, or as Brubaker calls, your enemies. This is paradoxical because our instinct is to withdraw from those who are against us, but doing this will only increase anxiety in the system. 
The paradox is by moving closer to the resistors without arguing the content of whatever problem they are raising, we give them a chance to take responsibility for their own discomfort. I've often found that when somebody is acting up, it is usually because something else is going on with them. Sometimes this is their own discomfort in the church or organization. Sometimes it's something that's going on in their family of origin and they are displacing their anxiety into the system. The first question I always ask is, what has changed? Is it simply the change that I am leading or is it something else? When you ask that question and you start to dig, you are likely to find something. Sometimes things are obvious. They've lost a loved one. A child is suffering from addiction. They've lost a job. Sometimes it's more subtle. Their youngest is moving out and they're coping with being an empty nester. They've recently retired and they are grappling with a new identity. Or they feel shut out by their siblings in something that's going on in their family. These are all situations that I have encountered when coaching leaders. The key in these situations is to stay connected. And if you can get past the presenting problem, that is the issue that they are raising, whether it's blame, a triangle, or something else, then you can get to the real issue. One of my favorite approaches is to say, well, enough about this. How's everything else going for you? It's amazing how things can change when you show people that you care and you walk alongside with them through whatever they are dealing with. You don't solve it for them, but you stay connected to them. That's the connection that Brubaker is talking about. Leadership through self-differentiation is challenging. It requires clarity, compassion, courage, and connection, but I found it easier to manage this and more effective than trying to tell others what they should believe and what they should do. I believe it's the way Jesus led. He shared his vision and invited people to join. Not everyone will come along. Some will make things really difficult, but if you can remain a non-anxious presence, then you have a chance. In this polarized world that we live in, people want to define you by whether you are with them or against them. Non-anxious leaders avoid this. They don't buy into this. They define themselves and share it in a healthy way. They don't judge others if they disagree. They give others the freedom to share what they believe, and they aren't thrown off track when anxious people act out. It's a challenge, but I've found it's the way that has worked for me. That's it for episode 76, a reminder that the Non-Anxious Leader Family Systems Basics, an online course, runs from July 1st to the 28th. You can find more about it at thenonanxiousleader.com. Go to the upper right corner and click on Retreats and Online Courses. I'll also put a link to the course description and registration in the show notes. And remember that you can connect with me by signing up for my mailing list. I send out an article every two weeks and a weekly two for Tuesday email with recommendations on articles and things that I have found helpful. The Brubaker article that I used today was one of those that I sent out and I just felt like it was worth a whole podcast. So until next time, thanks and goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app, and second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself.